Welcome to Out on the Front Lines. My name is Lester Green and I am your host. We are sponsored by the MJO Network and we are now on Roku TV. That's right. Out on the Front Lines is now on Roku TV. Thank you all for your support. I hope that you will continue to support Out on the Front Lines. We are also looking for sponsors, so please, if you know somebody, let them know Out on the Front Lines is Out on the Front Lines. I said to my wife, if I'm lucky enough to get anything and I walk on and I get $10,000, honey, I'm going to walk off with $10,000 and it's going to be money that we never had and we really need. So uh, even though I think it's Harry Mooney, I'm going to walk away with 63,600, whatever that number is. Is that a final answer? No, that's hey, my final Peter Fleehan, welcome to Out on the Front Lines. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. The one and only Lester Green. I wouldn't be anyplace <laughs> else. You got to be kidding me. Uh, this is awesome. I got to admit, you've been on my list for a while. I've been wanting to interview for a while. I just been trying to get everything organized and you know how it is right now. Oh man, you're a busy man. You're working a lot, you know, and when we're not working, we're making the dream happen. We're either putting irons in the fire or, you know, burning a little fire. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. How are you doing though? Uh, you know, I'm hanging in there. It's a, it's a, it's crazy. You know, I mean, it's a whole different world. Uh, forget about, you know, what the business is doing, but just in general, you know, we're not out, you know, we're home. Right. You know, I've been on set a couple of times, you know, and COVID restrictions makes it interesting, but uh, in the other world, in voiceover, I'm just recording in my home studio now. So, oh, nice. Have you always had a home studio? Because I feel like you always record there. Every time I see, well, yeah, I, I used to have like a home studio, which was like you know a closet, and it was kind of <laughs> lined with some blankets, you yeah. know, and I'm like okay. a couple of pillows, right? But uh, then what we did is we ripped the walls out and put new insulation and put up new acoustic wallboard and uh, you know hung a new mic up, and you know now it's like. You know, it's not like a, uh, you know, a million dollar studio, but it's fabulous. It works really well. I'm recording a lot of stuff there, but, uh, you know, it's not the same anymore. You know, yeah. what do you mean? Can you Well, yeah, like, that? I mean, the good thing is it's really like the business is really efficient. You know, like I get up in the morning and, you know, I usually crank out my auditions either late at night or really, really early because my wife's a nurse. So she's up at five 30. So I'm up with her and she's out the door. And then like, you know, I live pretty close to a local state road. So as long as I get my auditions done before eight o'clock, I'm not hearing any trucks downshifting because that's coming through the booth no matter what. <laughs> you know, right. but like, you know, so I do stuff like that and, you know, I get stuff done, but uh, it's efficient, but it's just me and my house, you know? So like with the exception of like seeing you now, back in the day, back in the day, a hundred years ago, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. the, I, I love the work and this is much cheaper, obviously, but the greatest thing about the game was you would go to a place that had a whole bunch of auditions and you would see other creative people, you know, and you would talk to them about what they were doing and it would jazz you, you know, like, 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 it's nice to see what you're doing on the internet, but like to run into you, like at a place at Endeavor and be like, Oh, Lester, man, what are you doing now? Right. You know? And you that was that. just great because you would get this whole sense. Like I got my own creative thing going on, but it's different from yours, even though we're very simpatico, you know, yeah, so like yeah. I'd get a little your energy, I give you a little my energy and then we go in the room and we'd blow it up because, you know, we had this creative energy that at the end of the day, this game, whether it's 
voiceover or on camera is all about building teams and the team you get on that set. You know, like you could be by yourself, but it's so much better when you're feeding off like a good director, you know, you got good co-stars. That's when the real cool stuff happens. I agree. I you know? agree. Yeah. So, so I missed that in the auditioning. You missed that. Yeah. So how do you channel that energy and bring it into the self-tape room, if you will? How do you do that? Or do you do that? What do you do it's now? It's tough. Yeah. You know, I mean, for on camera, it's tough because I really have to, uh, I have to pre-invest in the character a lot more, which is okay. I mean, you know, I don't mind. It's not like I'm not doing the work, but what I like to do is I like to take, you know, the breakdown that I'm given and the script I'm given and then just take that and use the energy I get in the room from the casting director. You know, like a good yeah. casting director will give you a couple of ideas of, you know, some general ideas and like, and that at that exact moment, you're crafting something and it's of the moment and it feels real and of the moment. Natural, yeah. So now we kind of have to do it a little bit beforehand. So I think it takes a little bit more effort to strip away that artifice for on camera. Right. I got you. Wow. You know, well, and now for voiceover, yeah, if I was yeah. in the booth at a studio someplace, you know, it's different casting directors. So there's different energy with those casting directors. So I'd hear them in the cans and they'd be like, okay, I want this, 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 and this. And that still happens on directed sessions. Yeah. But when I'm just submitting, it's just me in my own head. And sometimes I got to just like take the cans off, get out of the booth and say, all right, I got to walk around the neighborhood for a second because <laughs> you're, you're in your own head too much. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, like, did I say that correct? Was there an S on that word? You know, and now you're not about the character, man. Right. You know? But I feel like you know so many casting directors from seeing them in the audition room that you can kind of gauge what kind of style they're looking for, what they like, things they don't like. Does that help you in the self-tape? Auditions. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I don't try to, uh, you know, I don't try to gauge what they're going to say, okay. but you're right. Each one of them has their own different energy, yeah. you know, and I'm not going to name names, but I just love the different energies of the different CDs we've got a chance to work with. Yeah. So like if I'm yeah. going in and I'm, you know, auditioning for one person, I know the energy they bring and that changes than the energy someone else brings. So if I see their name, yeah. you know, it's That's like, what I'm saying. I know who they are. Yeah. But it's not that same energy. So, like, I'm doing some on-camera work, unfortunately, none of which I can talk about because of NDA yeah, yeah. these days. You know, right, right. It's an NDA. Yeah. But uh, I'll, t I'll share with you one experience. My first experience back on set uh, was for a Christmas advertisement. Uh, and I hadn't been on set with anybody. So I had to get a COVID test 48 hours beforehand. You know, so I had to have my COVID certificate. And I had to quarantine to make sure that I arrived on set, you know, clear. Oh, yeah, yeah which was fine. And so then, you know, we're all wearing masks. Um, and then when we get into hair and makeup, we take them off, but we put these plastic face shields on so it doesn't crush the makeup, you know, but we're all kind of like in this like Battlestar Galactica, like wearing our spaceman helmet stuff. So we get onto set and we're blocking and we're still blocking with the masks on and stuff like that. And keep in mind, set looks like a Christmas party. Right. You know, so it's like, so you're totally in that moment. And the director said, okay, everybody masks off. And there were three or four couples in this scene, you know, and I looked at the actor playing my wife and I looked at the other couple ahead of us and we all started to get really teary because for a moment we realized this was our first time without masks in front of anybody that we didn't know other than our own family we were quarantining with. Wow. So we actually had to cut that really quick and, you know, go back to it and, and dob our eyes and stuff. But it was like, oh my God. That like, was a moment. 
it was a great moment, you know, and, 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 and it doesn't even matter what the gig paid, you know, it was just like we were in that moment of like being in a party. We were the people at that party. And I think for us at that moment, it really became like, wow, this yeah. is what we missed, you know, and right. So, you know, we, we got past it and we pretended like we right, absolutely. Right, yeah. But you know, it, it, it illuminated for all of us exactly how much, you know, we missed that. I mean, like just seeing you today, it is, I know we're not in the same geographical <laughs> place any longer, yeah. but dude, I could be so ready for a spot. And like, and if I walked into a place like Endeavor, which is no longer open, it's you know, no, it's closed. They closed. Uh, but if I like walked into Endeavor and I saw you down the hallway, I don't know what the heck else I was doing. Didn't matter. I had to get to you. You know, uh, of course, now, protocol being what it is, I, I have to make sure that you're out of your scene. Are you done already? <laughs> so, if you're done, I don't want to ruin that. I don't want to ruin that right, energy. Right, right, yeah. You know, but like, you just like, you have that like, because you, you're like, you're like, you know, you're gold on set. You're just dynamite on set. So it's like, I you know, because that's who you are as a person. Yeah. You know, and it's like, that's what, that's what makes it great because you do the work ahead of time. Like I know my lines, no sweat, no problem, you know, but you bring that energy of being like open to like, what do you want to do? I don't know. Let's do it. You know, like that's the cool stuff, man. Yeah. So, so what, what have you not so much learned about yourself during this pandemic, but what have you tried to do? Cause I feel like everybody's trying different things. Now people are finding ways to be more creative with their talents so have you done something that you never thought you might have done if it weren't for this pandemic it's interesting you know um I, I it's it's forced me to look at things a lot differently uh i mentioned earlier that my wife's a nurse uh and i'm a volunteer firefighter so we've both been kind of like in that first responder mode yeah. where like you know we don't just come home and you know say hey how was work you know we come home and hit the laundry room and you know if if she's been at the hospital, she drops all of her clothes in the laundry room, you know, and then takes a shower before I even greet her because, you know, you don't oh, want to spread right. stuff. And the protocol for me going on calls is very different. Like, you know, the amount of, you know, sanitizing and washing because you have to come in contact with people. You just have, you know, so yeah. I, I think it makes, I, I think what it's really done is illuminate how much I really took for granted the day to day of being with people. Right. You know, I mean, look, it's not cheap to live near New York. I live about 45 minutes outside of the city. Okay. And it's not cheap to commute into the city to work. But it's like one of those places where, you know, a really large city that's incredibly diverse because people want to be with each other. And like I walked, I was in the city for a, a VO at a studio that I trust uh, not too long ago right. uh, because the customer wanted you know, the client wanted a, a new spot, which is great. And they wanted it to be in the same booth, same engineer, same mic. And I'm like, I totally get it. You know, and I knew the studio was great. So I'm like walking in the street and like, there are shops boarded up and there's, you know, people are walking around with masks and they're away from people. And I'm like, dude, this is so not New York. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just, I hope it comes back to what it is eventually. You know, I mean, I don't know when that's going to be, right. but you know, I, I think, once the uh once the vaccines change everything oh. you know we'll, we'll be in a diff different game but uh you know it's just i live on that energy me too so you know, to know have new to york like change that, that energy, energy. New york how do you how do you do it man because you're like in a whole different place like yeah you're, you're barely putting roots down <laughs> 
it seems like as soon as I moved to Atlanta, that's when the pandemic hit. So that made right. And you had no family that lived there ahead of time, right? No, I have no family out here. So it was just interesting that when we moved into our neighborhood and we moved into our house, the neighbors didn't really come over because of COVID-19. Everybody's afraid to interact with people. So we didn't even get that whole experience of getting to meet our new neighbors and hanging out with them. And so we Man, missed that, is... that. Yeah, we missed and, it. And, that, and that's so, you know, that so informs our work. You know, it's that, it's that knowing people, you know, you and I have led different lives before we came to the game. And I think those lives informed our work. You know, we were, listen, you know, when you were uh, driving, you right. know, you were seeing these little vignettes of people's lives. And to a lot of people, you were invisible because you were performing a service they took for granted, you know? So you just saw these little, you like, you were able to view them in the most intimate space, unfiltered for like those clips. You like saw 30 seconds of people's lives. Yes. And dude, I bet you there's five, six books in there in a moment. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. If you can, when you're looking at a character, you can, there's so many mo moments you, I bet you can just come right on. You're like touching it, touching it, touching yeah. it. Cause that's a source memory thing. You know, when I was coming on my way up in this game, after I left my other job, uh, it wasn't easy initially. So I was working as an extra pair of hands to a guy in construction and another guy did electrical work because I can do basic electrical work. Uh, and when you're like the assistant, nobody notices you. So like you're invisible mm -hmm. and you get to see stuff, you know, and you, you catch these vignettes. And then before that, like, you know, before I'd had the other job, I was in food service where again, you know, these jobs where you have a lot of people go through in a daily life, that all just stays in here it and it becomes stuff you can just touch on, you know? Yeah. You can pull from it at any given time. I love that. But and I feel like now, though. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I feel like now people like myself or you, they see us now because we're yeah. out on the front lines. So it, it's a little different now. It's, it's nice to be appreciated. Yeah. Obviously. How do you feel about that, though? It's kind of tough for me because, like, you know, I'll tell you. I became a volunteer firefighter after I became an actor, uh, only because my wife and I are originally from Staten Island, which even though most people don't think it is, is actually part of New York City. But so we had <laughs> FDNY. Yeah. So like you've never thought about being a firefighter unless your dad or your mom was on the job, because otherwise you couldn't get in, you know. So, you know, when we got up to Westchester County where we live, uh, I was here, we might have been here a good eight years uh, before we really put down roots and I realized that the fire service was volunteer. Uh, but the thing I liked about it was that much like being an actor, there was a whole new skill set to learn, you know, and a whole new thing. And I could do that job anonymously until yeah. the pandemic. Now it's like, you know, we thank you for your service. And I'm like, look, I appreciate that. I really yeah, do. But that's point. not what I'm in it for. I'm not in it for the recognition at all. Point. I'm doing it because it's a whole different thing to me. It's a way I can be involved in my community and serve, but I don't need any of the, you know, right. like, thank you for your service stuff. So, yeah. but that happens now. That's interesting. I didn't look at it that way. I thought you would welcome it because it's, it's, it wasn't you know, really it's okay. I, I, I don't want you to think like, I'm like, oh, you know. I don't no, know. No, no, I know. You know. Yeah. It was like, I was looking for a way really, I mean, the thing that brought me to is my, my brother is a had been a volunteer a long time ago and I saw that he really liked it and I was like, oh, wow. Uh, but I was really looking for a way to get out of, other stuff I was doing. I mean, I've done other stuff before, like I've served on church boards and, you know, on uh, community boards, but they were all organizations I was already involved in. 
this was the first thing I got into that was like, it cut across everything. Didn't matter where you went to church or temple or if you did. Didn't matter how much money you made or if you didn't. You know, someone's house is on fire. All that stuff means nothing. Wow. None of that stuff means anything. You know, so it was just to be able to, you know, make a difference. Yeah. And, you know, most of the stuff we respond to, it's not like the house is on fire. Like that's just the movies. Most of it's like a, you know, carbon monoxide call. We have to vent the house or something. But at the end of the day, it's a very simple call where your training has come into effect and you're like, oh, I made sure that that family could sleep safely in their home tonight. So, you know, I got a lot of personal credit. Like I was like, you know, I don't know what else I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be the guy that cures cancer. I wish I was. Everybody wants to be the guy that's going to cure cancer. But, you know, I made a small difference in someone's life maybe tonight, you know, and that like was the reason I got into it. So now there are people who get into a lot of different professions because they want the recognition, you know, but it's like, look, in our world, um, I thought when I first became an actor that like I wanted to be famous. Like I thought that means making it. What is making and it? And then I thought, you know, is that what it really means? Like, because now I've done some stuff that people have seen. Yeah, you've done a and, lot of stuff. Yeah, and, and it comes with, you know, it doesn't so happen with the voiceover, thank God. But it does happen with the on-camera. And some of it comes with two assumptions. A, that I'm making serious coin, which you and I both know. Right. This is not the business to get into if you really want to be a billionaire. Yeah. And B, that especially in commercial work, that I absolutely know something about the product. Like, you know, there's some, there's been a couple of things where I've done a specific skill set and someone's like, oh, I didn't know you could do blank. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you know, some of it does yeah. happen. Like there is a commercial running now that's not going to run much longer because I know they're recasting it because it's time to do that. But uh, there's a commercial running now where I'm making a pizza. I saw that. I love now, that. Now, the one. reason why I can make a pizza is because I spent, you know, four years putting myself through college and food service. So yeah. I learned how to make a pizza. So, like, that was just a skill that translated. Yeah. But, you, you know, like a pizza guy, too. I remember saying. <laughs> <laughs> I got the shirt. I got to start wearing the shirt because they made me a shirt with my name on it. Oh, nice. So, yeah. You know, so, like, I can wear that. And people are like, oh, you want a pizza place? I'm like, yeah, kind of. Virtually. <laughs> I remember when I think you played a plumber or something like that. Yeah, that's another, that's a, it's a funny, I was actually just talking about the other day, uh, because there's a, there's something about that one spot that is not necessarily true to the actual job. And one of the guys on my fire truck is an HVAC engineer. He's a heating, ventilation, oh. air conditioning engineer. And he's like, dude, you know, you did that thing wrong. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I did what the director told me to do, whether or not that was what I was supposed to do is yeah. that's what I did. Wow. Like, that's my job. Like, my job right. is not to correct the director. Right. You got to do what you're told. So, because, you know, that because it's a different thing. But, I mean, that's, you know, that's part of the things that, you you know, you and I get a chance to do having come from a world of service. Yeah. You know, when you're in a world, of, when you're serving people, to some extent, you're, you're a little anonymous. But it gives you that opportunity to be connected to their lives yes. without it costing you. And the cool thing about that is, like, look. We could both draw upon emotional stuff that's happened in our actual life. But sometimes you can't turn off that. Mm-hmm. Like if it's too close to you, like I had a voiceover once, the toughest voiceover I've ever had uh, was for breast cancer. My mom's a breast cancer survivor. Dude, I don't know how I got through it. I was like, you know, because- The audition or the actual sh- shoot? Or the the audition. Session. Oh, okay. Once I got through the audition, okay. I, you know, I actually booked the job and I was okay with it. It was VO. Okay. But it's like, you know, but I'm like, Getting through the audition was tough. Really? 
oh man, it was tough. So wait, so, how did you, did, were you nervous thinking that, okay, I'm not going to book this job because I'm clearly struggling to get through this? Or were you thinking, no, they're going to actually appreciate the fact that I actually feel something about this material? You know, it's, it's interesting that you say that. Um, I get auditions to be a firefighter all the time. But here's what they want when they want a firefighter. Yeah. They want an old fat guy that's like the retired captain. Oh. Or they want a guy that should be on the calendar. Now, I'm in some good <laughs> shape, but I'm not calendar worthy, Lester. There's no way I'm good enough to be on the calendar. So, you know, I don't fit either of those two worlds. I disagree. I feel like nowadays with, with these magazines and these calendars, it's more so about the personality. It's about the energy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like and you I have hope- that. You've always, I've always noticed that about you. When I walk into the audition room and I see you, I could be going through a bad day, and the minute I see you, my whole thing just turns around, and I'm all. Dude, I never seen you have a bad day ever. I've only seen you. I mean, <laughs> you're you, you know, what I mean? you know, we're always in our heads and we're thinking about <laughs> things, and so sometimes you might just be struggling with something mentally, yeah. and then you see somebody, you see a familiar face, I see you, I'm like, oh, okay. It's going right. to be all right. And, but that's, that, that's why, you know, you try to take, you know, you try to take that stuff that happens in real life out of the picture yeah, because yeah. that almost, it costs too much. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. You can get a real reaction out of it, you know, but unless you can go there right. and then come back from it, you know, if you can, if it's something that's like way in the past and you've processed it, yeah. you know, and sure, you can touch there. it quick, that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. You know? But if it's something that's like really close to you it's and like, you know, moms and pops are, are like close to people, you know, like. I agree. It yeah. feels like that never gets old. It's still fresh. Yeah. So, but, so what did you do? How were you able to get through it? The voice I was able to like, I, you know, I, it, I actually, I called my mom and the funny thing about it, the funny thing, the funny thing about it really is that she never refers to herself as a survivor. She's been free of cancer now for about about 13 years. Oh, wow. I remember when she found out she had it and she played it off like it was no big deal. And when she finally found out she was clear, she played it off like she was no big deal. So, you know, what I anchored myself with is the fact that she never considers herself a survivor. She just considers it something that she just got past like anything else in life. So I'm like, okay, that's what's got to anchor me. Wow. You know, so I, so I found my truth actually in her truth. Oh, I like that. So wait, was the casting director trying to console you how, how did that go because sometimes you never know you might get a casting director who might be having a bad day and that person's like oh you know what? i don't have time for this or, i was actually really lucky in that case that case was a it was a voiceover audition that i had to submit okay. so i was like in the booth like in my own tears in my own in my own house oh so your I, house oh, okay yeah okay. so i was lucky that but i mean sometimes you know you get to stuff like you know i mean i i i've had a couple of on cameras where you know like the casting director said I really want you to go there. And I'm like, okay, I'll go there. I said, but, you know, if you want a second take, we're going to take a moment because, you know, because he he wanted me to go from zero to 60. He didn't want to catch me mid-place. You know, he's like, I want you to be casual about it. And then I want you to go there. And it was a really deep emotional place, you know, and the tears just started coming down my eyes, you know, and I started breaking down. And then he cut and he's like, that was perfect. He's like, how long before I get another take? I'm like, give me like three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow so wait you can you cry on cue what's the secret i, I can't I, I can think, you know th- there's a couple things i can touch that i can cry on cue but oh, it yeah. depends on you know it really depends on what the scene calls for like okay. you know is it like 
if I'm, if I'm in a scene where someone's dying, right. That's a, that's a really strong emotion. So you can't like, you're not going to like be like, you know, like that's not going to, it's going to be big. So like, <laughs> you have to let yourself go there, you know, yeah. you know, right. like, you're like, you're one step away from throwing yourself on the coffin. You're like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. so you got to put that. But when you're watching movies or just a commercial and let's say somebody has to get emotional, do you ever wonder, okay, are those real tears? Because we both know that they can create that. We know right. that it's not always what it right. appears to be. So do you ever question things like that when you watch? Because you've been on so many commercials. You've been on TV so many times. Yeah. Do you look at it that way or do you just accept it for what it is? You know, it's funny. With the internet, I think the first thing I do is if I'm watching a name actor, like somebody who's like established, mm -hmm. I'll go find their IMDB profile and I'll see like, where do they train? Is it, did they do method? Like, like, what are you <laughs> like, like, like I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, did they do that? Like, is that right. their thing? Oh, or if yeah. there's someone who's known for that, I expect it. Right. You know, like. If you're watching some classic stuff, like, you know, if you're watching Brando do Streetcar, you know that, you know, he's pulling for some real stuff. Yeah. You know? Oh, but, interesting. Uh, so you research, you go and... You know, well, I, I, like, I try to, I like to know, you know, and, and if, especially if they don't have a reputation for that, well, now I'm looking at other stuff they've done. I'm like, how'd they get there? <laughs> and I'm start, then I'm Googling, I'm like, how'd you get there? <laughs> you know? Right. Are you, are you still training or... What's that like now? Can you take classes now? Or is, you is can everything... take classes online. You know, it's funny. I tried to take an improv class online. Okay. And uh, it wasn't one-on-one. -on -one. It was in a group. And the problem I was finding is that in a group with, because of the bandwidth, the delay was like a half a second. Oh, no. And in, in improv, it was death. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's everything. Timing, you got to be on it. You know, like, you know, you miss know. those beats. And like right now, like right now, I'm trying to look at the camera because I know I'm on with you, but I want to look at you. I know, you know, like I'm because I can see the smile in your eyes, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, it's Lester, you know. So like, if we were actually in a scene, we'd yeah. be here. I know what you mean, yeah. Right. So and the camera would pick do up is, everything you're doing. Yeah. Normally, what I do is with these Zoom calls, I look at the lens, the camera lens. But right. after the interview's over, of course, I'm going to go back and watch it and just. <laughs> look at everything analyze oh wow peter was smiling right there and oh peter do you know what i mean yeah, it's yeah, weird yeah. unfortunately we have to do it that way but oh i know we, like right now i'm right now i'm looking at the lens and the <laughs> lens is on and it's a green light yes yeah, but it ain't smiling like you you know I like know, I, I know and i can hear it in your voice i know what your eyes look like you know yeah. and, that, and that produces a reaction with me i yeah. agree nah it, it, that's so true so are you are you working on anything a passion project is there anything you, know, you want to do? There's a, there's a film that I was, I got cast in a film by a major casting director okay. right before COVID. Oh. And I was like, this is it. This is the, this is the, the this one. is it. Like, this is the thing. I'm like, you know, because I'd love to do film, love to do film. I've done some film, but I'm like, when it's like, you know, I, I, I can't name it because it yeah, hasn't no. happened. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. like, you know, when when the name cast me, I was like, wow. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like and I felt the part, like I was really in the part, you know, and like in the room I was in the part. And I'm like, you know, like, uh, this feels great. And then, you know, like, then all the stuff starts happening, you know, like report to your trailer and like all the big stuff that happens on a big film. You're like, oh, yeah. this is going to be great. And then COVID. And I'm like, wow. Okay. You know, and so like this thing was supposed to shoot 
April. Oh, wow. You know, and it, and it didn't. COVID hit Because like everything fell apart at the end of March. You know, and like, I follow the producer and, you know, he made like a site for the film that oh, they were, you know, and I'll, like once in a while I'll send him a you know, message on Instagram. Like, dude, he's like, no, no, we're still going to do it. I'm like, okay, just letting you know, I'm up for it. You know, <laughs> I love that about you, Peter. So responsible, always on top of things. It's those little things that really make all the difference. People don't yeah. realize it. Sending that email or staying in touch with somebody or commenting on somebody's post or those little things, I'm telling you, they go a long way. Like I'll give you an example. I reached out to this director. His name is yeah. Phil Alico. I worked with him years ago in New York City. And right. I said, hey, Phil, I got this podcast show. I'd love to have you on my show. And I'm thinking, okay, he might say yes, he might right. say no. Because it's been so long, but I still stayed in touch with him from time to time. So he was like, hey, Lester, yeah, hey, I remember you. Of course, let, let me know when you, and this guy's work with Steven Spielberg. So yeah. I was just shocked that he even remembered me. And then on top of that, he said yes. But again, it's about nurturing those relationships. Yeah, but also, dude, you made an impression. Uh, oh, know, right, right, right. When we first worked on that first gig at that outdoor shoot together. Which one was that? Was that the MetLife? That's MetLife. Well, I was going to say the name, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I think it's okay. But when we first went back, I was like, and I saw you on set, like you had all the hallmarks of somebody that was going to go really far because first of all, you're giving. Second of all, you're open, you know, and like, and third of all, when it comes to the business, because you know, there's show business. When it came to the business, you were like, you know, when we set the scene up and I think there were like five of us or four of us in that scene, you were like, you gave the real emotion, but you were really careful about your blocking so that you weren't upstaging anybody else. And I'm like, I took notice of that. I'm like, that's a guy who's conscious of that this is, you know, a team piece. Yeah. This is not him being like, I got, I'm in a, you know, like, right. like, I just, like your excitement, like we were cheering in a crowd and you were yeah. excited without putting your hands over anybody else's face or anything. I'm yeah, like, I remember this, that. Dude, this guy gets it, you yeah. know? But I remember and you were like, and then between takes, you were like, totally like, okay, so what do you think, blah, 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 what do you think, blah, 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 you know, what do you think about the energy about that, did you, you know, like, you were just so into the process of yeah. creating that reality, I'm like, oh, this guy's, this guy's golden. Yeah, and I remember you, you just, you were so giving, uh-huh. you were talking about SAG-AFTRA, and- yeah, yeah union status and how the commercials were like the the ins and outs you were really schooling me on and i was like wow this is a, a well you know I i'll like tell you it's, class. it no well yeah, here's the thing and, and it, it, it doesn't matter how long anybody's been in the game i firmly believe this this energy is not ours to own mm. it's ours to inhale and push it out like more like a wave like I love that. enjoy the wave and then push it right out because it comes back to you you know like if you hold on to it tight it's still going to come squeaking through your fingers but you're like you're gonna be tight you know you want to just be about the energy and yeah it's like look when i come out of a room and i've been auditioning and there's a whole bunch of guys that are in my breakdown well back when we were in rooms oh yeah (laughs) right (laughs) but you know like i come out of the room and you know some people say like you know what was the room like and i've seen guys come out of the room and like oh you'll see you know, and then they go and they leave. And I'm like, dude, I will share absolutely everything that happened. 
okay, well, I walk in the room and he said, do once like, you know, it was totally on script. And then the second time he said, make it your own, but do it from this perspective. And then I see like that actor again at a later audition. And the same thing always happens. I'll get a guy like, dude, it was really like that. I'm like, would you think I was lying to you? Right. <laughs> right. Well, some actors do. They try to throw you off. You know how it is. Yeah, but you can't play that game because if you go into that, if you go into any room, whether it's your own house, like right now, or, you know, or into a room that eventually will go back into again, the camera sees when you hold on to energy, when you're selfish, yeah. it knows when you're selfish. You can't lie, especially in close up, you know, know. it shows, it but if you're giving in that scene and you're sharing in that scene and you're interacting in that scene and you're like, you know, it's like you're touching the ball real quick. You, you know, you're not even holding right. it for the shot. You're passing. like passing, 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 you know. I love it, that. It, it shows that, you know. And, and at, that, at that point, actors want to work with you. Directors want to work with you. Because you're, you know, you're not about me. You're about us. Yeah. And us is the thing. I see why you book so much work. Because <laughs> yeah, I remember I was telling you so freaking likable. Remember I was uh, telling you that it's just oh my goodness, you're like I, you know I I, a I, dream. I it's funny I, I I you know I've always worn my heart on my sleeve. I have to do that a little bit less sometimes when I'm oh. in the room. I can't. I, it took me a long time to book consistently. Really? Well, yeah, because like I have a large personality, and that's fine in person or even on stage, mm -hmm. but not so fine on camera all the time. So it took me a while to have appropriate camera reactions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? And then once I could do that, I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, like, like, dude, we're having a great conversation and I love seeing you today. But just like the way my guy said, I love, I wouldn't do that on camera. <laughs> you know, you can't do that. You know, really? Because I always thought that you, and this is just for you, I always thought that the way we see you or the way I see you is the way you are when you go into the audition room, because I thought that's what they like. You, you're so likable. You just show them your energy. I didn't right. realize I, you. I totally, it. it depends on, I, it all depends on like, if I, I, I look at what the, the situation is. Okay. If it's a large format and it's like a two, a two shot or a three shot. Okay. Well now it's medium. So I can be, you know, I can be a little bit more me. Oh, they're not tight. But if we're like, if it's here, right. Yeah, you know, you know like you know, the, the, the emotion has to be a lot different, yeah. you know, because it's a different game. Yeah. One thing about you, though, is I've listened to some of your voiceover work and it's amazing because sometimes I'll be listening to something that you did and I'll say, that's Peter. <laughs> I'm just curious. Do, you, do, do people ever say that? Because do you adjust it according to? The spot it happens a lot in VO. It doesn't happen so much on camera. On camera, I'm like, right now, I'm like warm dad, 40s to 50s, older dad, young grandpa. Like, yeah. there's a spot I'm in right now where I'm, I can't mention this product. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Spot I'm in right now where I'm wearing a sweater and I call it my grandpa sweater. And I look kind of like a young grandpa, you know, and it, and it works. Yeah. But in voiceover, mm -hmm. like when you're in the booth and it's just you and the microphone. Yeah. Dude, you can be anybody you want. Wow. You know? And like I said, you know, in your, in your previous job, in our previous jobs, right. we've met a lot of people, not all of them really nice. Yeah. So sometimes you can touch on some of those people, you know, like, like I did a, uh, I finally got a chance uh, last year to do a promo for a graphic novel and it, it's on, it's on my, it's on my YouTube page because I could share it cause it's out there. Okay. And 
my agent was like, you know, it, it's for a, you know, villain. I don't know. You're not so much of a villain guy. So I auditioned for it and I booked it. And, and when it came out, my agent was like, that That's was you, right? <laughs> I love yeah. it. Are you, would you consider yourself a character actor? Huh? Would you consider yourself a character actor? Um, kind of, you know, I, I like to inhabit different characters. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had a lot of different jobs before I became an actor. I mean, I, right. I didn't have, you know, quote unquote, traditional training. Mm -hmm. uh, it was more like life training, you know, and uh, I enjoyed the characterizations, you know, that got me places, you know, and, and that uh, made my life possible. I found like as a kid, especially as a really young kid, mm -hmm. um, being able to walk into a situation and be the people in that situation was very simple, especially at a young adolescent age when, you know, kids are breaking each other's horns. <laughs> so I, you know, like a lot of times in order to, you know, I would try to fit into that group and I'd, I'd have to like, you know, figure out who that group was and who they are. Oh, you know? so you and were practicing then and not even knowing it. Didn't even realize it, you know, yeah. but I was, it's, it's funny, you know, when I was in college, uh, a very good friend of mine, uh, who I'm still really good friends with, uh, he said something really interesting. He said, you know, you should have a business card that says Pete Fleehan, social chameleon, you know, because I was like, yes. like, because you, you look like you belong in this situation. You look like you belong in that situation. And I'm like, you know, I'm just, I realized at that point that I was just trying to make people comfortable. Wow. You know, I, you know, I wanted to fit in because who doesn't want to fit in? Everyone wants to fit in. But at the end of the day, you know, if you look at yourself long and hard enough, everybody's unique. I mean, nobody fits in 100% mm -hmm. in any puzzle piece they want to put you in. You know, and they still try. I mean, in today's day and age, you know, they'll look at you, they'll look at me, and they'll make assumptions about us. Assumptions about our age, assumptions about our likes, our dislikes, our music. You know, um, when I tell people I'm an actor, they make, uh, you know, assumptions about my politics, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, you know or, or, or about other stuff. You know, if I tell people that I'm a firefighter, they make other assumptions about my politics. You know, it, it's very interesting how people have this conception of yeah. what things are going to be you know yeah so, i wanted to you know, ask you yeah you try to do that thing you know and, and look i see look every time i see your work you're you know you have done when i first met you you were doing like you know you were bringing you to the game positive yeah. and energy and then you started doing some stuff that was a little more challenging yeah you know and, all, yeah. and i'm like and i'm thinking to myself wow he's really getting to the meat of this uh you know and yeah. i think that's incredible because that's what makes you a great actor. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm just evolving with the times, especially yeah. these times. You have to evolve because otherwise you'll get left behind. Yeah. So I've always been really good at just adjusting and finding- Well, you know, I think things. there's two things. There's two components to the game in, that, in, in this part of the game. Number one, you have the basis of who you are, mm -hmm. you know, and there's a core to what your values are. I mean, listen, there have been, we just passed the political season. There were spots I was offered. Oh, that really? I, yeah, that I didn't do because uh, I didn't want to be associated with them, uh, you know, and, and, and I had the right to do that, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't do any on-camera political stuff. Never did. Uh, and there was some stuff that was either too broad a range, meaning like it was a national thing, or there was some stuff that was too close to where I live at home, you know? And I'm like, and sometimes it was other things like, wow, this state's going to matter in this election. 
Um, you know, I don't know whether or not this is necessarily true, so I don't want to be involved in that. Wow. You know, because that's that's different. That's like, listen, you and I can play a character, and even if it's a true crime piece, you know, that's fine. But when other people's future is at stake, mm. that that's about as heavy as it gets. So, you know, sometimes, you know, but you bring yourself, your core of what that is, and you decide what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. Good point. And then you find like a strand of that core and maybe do something a little different. Like, oh, I could be like that. You know, I could see like, I could see if I had a little bit less of a moral compass, how that could, that character could come out. Or I could see if I was a little more self-centered, how that character could come out. You know, like that's the cool stuff. But at the end of the day, you're being you yeah, in a different place. You can't not be who you are. You know, and I think yeah. when it comes to show it business- It starts there, yeah. Yeah, especially for commercial work, I never try to be anything I'm not or haven't been or haven't experienced very closely on a firsthand basis because I want it to be real. I can get to places where it's, you know, magnified of that. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't read for parts. Like every once in a while, I, I can do a lot of different accents, but I won't do accents that aren't from my own background because they're not me, you know? And there's plenty of other actors who can address that. Yeah. You know, actors who aren't working, who need that voice, particularly now. So, you know, there's stuff that I can do that I won't do. But, you know, I think the thing that makes any of us really bookable is that grounding and yet that openness at the same time. Wow. You know, it's, that, it's that double thing that works. I Plus, that. you understand the biz of showbiz. You know, you were like, I remember that that very day, you were like, your questions weren't like, you know, what do you, you know, what kind of method do you use? That weren't your questions. Your questions that day were like, how frequently do you keep in touch with casting directors? Do you keep in touch with directors and your agents? How frequently do you keep in touch with the agents? Dude, that's important. Yeah. Because there's too is. little and then there's too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You know? Can you talk to us about the importance of having a very good support system? Because I see pictures of you with your son and then your wife, you're smiling together and you guys you, you know, listen, stuff. What, uh, yeah. However anyone defines family, whatever that is, for me, it happened to include a wife and kids. For some people, it includes a spouse or a partner and it does include kids or it includes kids and it doesn't include that, you know, or maybe it just includes a group of friends. You have to have a sense of family and family comes two ways, by chance and by choice. And that's it. You know, you have a ch your, your chance is either who you're born to or who you're adopted by as a kid. That's chance. You know, everything else is choice, you know, and if you're making choices that are based upon, you know, people you want to include in your life and, you know, people whose energy that sinks in with you and, you know, when it comes to like life partners, you know, I've, I've been married 30 years uh, and I'm very fortunate because uh, my wife and I were really good friends before we got married. Uh, we know each other both good and bad, <laughs> you know? So like she knows, my, yeah. Yeah. she knows my stuff, you know? So yeah. she doesn't let me get away with much, yeah. but you know, you know, and that's important. And you know, you mentioned my son, we have a, we have a grown son and a grown daughter. And uh, you know, I was the best father I could be. That doesn't mean I was a great father. Mm. That means, you know, I, I did the best I could warts and all, but I think it's important, especially as they get older, to own that completely and say, well, here's a place where, you know, 
I did this and I felt like it was great. But here's a place where I wish I could have done that differently. And I take responsibility for that, you know, and I take, or I take accountability for that. You know, I think the people you include in your life, whether it's short-term or long-term, um, if they're tight and close to you, if they're the people you include in your tightest circle and you need that tightest circle, uh, you're honest with them and you want them to be honest with you. Because at the end of the day, no matter what religion we belong to or don't belong to, or no matter what social group we belong to, what belong to, human beings clearly want to be with other human beings. Mm. We do. You know, we want to share stuff and we want to hear what other people have to share, you know? Mm. You know, because we've all been in those relationships where sometimes we're, we're too much the one sharing or oh, we're I, too much the one being shared on. I it like don't work. That. You know? Yeah. I got to ask you, have you ever thought about writing a book? You know, it's funny. I've, uh, I've started a number of books. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I actually, I started a number of books that all start off like chapters. Some of them have gone more than one chapter. I have kept a pretty good journal mm. since right before, uh, right, right as my wife and I started uh, dating and it looked like we were going to get engaged. So that's since 1988. Wow. So, you know, and it, sometimes it's been more re regular and sometimes it's been like, well, it's been a year. Right. Because, I think I should write but, something. But every time, uh, you know, something of import happens, or something, that, not of import like the world, yeah. sometimes that, yeah. But sometimes if I realize something about myself, I write there. Um, and I don't go back on it so much. I look back on some of the stuff if I need to touch on something to remember yeah. it. But I started to really keep it in earnest once we had first our daughter and then our son. Because I figure the one thing that I didn't have as a kid, um, I was lucky that I had all my grandparents growing up but my parents got divorced when I was younger. So like I grew up near with my mom and really near her parents. So I know them really well. Oh, my dad's parents live five hours away and I saw them very infrequently. And I wish that I had more to know from them, mm. you know, because especially as I get older, our lives are just our stories. That's all they are. Ooh. Life you know, stories. and I would have liked to know more about their stories, you know, uh, and, you know, not just born dead, but, you know, their stories, the people they cared about, the things that motivated them to do stuff. Like, that's the stuff I would have loved to know more about. So when you find people who want to hear your story and want to share their story, that's your support staff, whether they're just friends, close friends, life partners, whatever, you know, like. You decide where they're going to live and they decide where you're going to live in those levels, you know, like yeah. you kind of see, you know, where that's going to be. And, you know, I, I hope that for everybody, I hope that for, that everybody gets an opportunity to, you know, to fill their lives with as, you know, as many people as they feel like, you know, they want, and that makes sense for them to do that because, you know, you occasionally have people who, you know, go through life as loners. And I guess mm. I'm not yucking anybody else's yum. If that's what you want, that, that's great. But, you know, I was at a funeral uh, before COVID of somebody that I knew through a fraternal organization and his wife had predeceased him and he was miserable since his wife died because they had no kids and they had no siblings. They were the last of their line. Wow. Uh, you know, and I remember going to his funeral and there were a whole bunch of us who knew him there, there. And I thought it was so great how these people who were literally family by choice came to honor this man and talk about his story 
Yeah. You know, because, yeah. you know, that's, that's really all life is. It's about, you know, bringing those stories about, you know, I love and that. as you, as you, as we get older, if, you know, if we're lucky. God or whatever you call right. that, power, right. thrilling is, if we have the luxury of getting older, you know, we have the opportunity to bring forth the stuff that we have seen and communicate it. Cause that's how, that's how communities start. That's, you know, that's how morals and ethics are. You, you know, you try to communicate to the next generation what's real and what's really important, you know? And yeah, and that's what we do as actors. You know, we like, we get to the core of that character and we're like, what's really important about this character? It might not be in the words. It might be in the backstory. You know, what is the, because that's going to shine through. And that's going to make that performance real because at that point we are actually embodying life. Look at you. You, you are dropping some quotes. No, dude. I, I want to ask you about your animated characters. I know you, there's one that you always use where you're smiling. It, yeah, yeah. it looks just like you. Is that something you created? Or I just love it. I just like, wow, this is great. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. Animation or? No, I, it just, you know, it's tough because, you know, when you come from, uh, you know, a lot of different, for me, it's, you know, I book a lot of stuff on camera that's ethnically ambiguous, you mm -hmm. know, and that's because my dad is Lebanese and Italian and my mom is English, Welsh, and German. So, oh, wow. you know, so it's a real mix, wow. you know, uh, like my dad's skin tones are significantly darker than mine and my mom's skin tones are significantly lighter than mine, you know, and their structures of their faces are different. I mean, I have a brother, but you, you might see as we get older, some similarity between our parents but he looks like my mom's side of the family, you know, and I look closer to my dad's side of the family. So you wouldn't necessarily think we're, although as you get older, you tend to look more alike. Yeah, I agree. But, uh, you, know, you wouldn't necessarily think we're the same, you know, same family. But because of that, you know, you bring a lot of different, uh, a lot of different things in the game. I think that's one of the things, I'm not running for office, but I think that's one of the things I love about America. Like, you know, we are a country that largely, you know, embraces that people come here because they want to be about they want to bring a little something from wherever they came from yeah and they want to share it with other people and do other people's stuff you know and i think that's uh that's that's one of the greatest things about being uh in this country and for me uh it's not cheap to live near new york but it's one of the reasons why it's so hard for me to leave here because i love a lot of other stuff in this country but dude with that when the pandemic's not around if i want kosher Chinese at two o'clock in the morning. I know where I can get it. <laughs> right. If I are you, are you Mexican fusion? I know where I can get it. Yeah. Are you eating out a lot? Do you guys eat out a lot or order? You know, we, we eat out uh, a fair amount, you know, okay. it's, it's, it's like the thing we like to do as a family. We, we used to love to go to diners and we got a great hamburger place that we go by nearby. Um, I'm really fortunate in that my wife is a really good cook. Oh, okay. She's got a real job, you know, because she's a nurse and she works 12-hour shifts. So I, so I try not to. But our son, who's, you know, graduated from college and working a job locally, so he's still living with us, is a fantastic cook. Oh, so you got so, yeah, two you know, great cooks. So I just, you know, I, I do a lot of cleaning. <laughs> well, you do, do something. That counts for right. us. And I do like, give me the shopping list and I will do all the shopping. Like when thanks, <laughs> I'll tell you a story. For instance, like we got Thanksgiving coming up. Oh, right. So, um, uh, one year when, uh, 
when our son was a freshman in college, our daughter was a senior in college, and they were both away. Um, and they said, you know, we kind of miss being together. Uh, we want to make Thanksgiving dinner this year. I said, okay, cool. So they gave us a shopping list, and I shopped for like everything on the list. You know, they came home and they made Thanksgiving dinner. It was phenomenal. And <laughs> finished dinner, and I'm not sure if it was my son or my daughter. I don't know which one it was. But one of them turned to us and said, okay, that's the last Thanksgiving dinner you'll ever make because we're just making them all now. So, <laughs> what? So, like, like once Halloween is over, we start having the conversations about what dinner is going to look like for Thanksgiving. Wow. So, you know, and, and like they, I love they bring their own thing to the game. Like my daughter, uh, my daughter actually has celiac disease. She was diagnosed with celiac. So she makes gluten-free desserts that are off the charts. My son makes this incredible stuffing for the turkey and has this love process for the turkey, yeah. you know, and they incorporate other stuff like, uh, you know, my mom has this dish she's made, this, 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 you know, this baked yams and marshmallow thing Ooh, that now they make, you know, so like, so they bring stuff like, you know, from tradition uh-huh. into the house, you know, and it's, you know, that's, uh, yeah, to me, that's, that's the, that's the thing, you know, yeah. it's not just because they're my family. It's because what we're doing is bringing something from a previous generation. I love it. Their own mix on it, you know, and I don't know whether or not they'll find people they want to be with or whether or not they'll decide they want to, you know, embrace children in some way, shape or form. But if they do, or even if they have, they meet other younger people later on in life that in other organizations that they have kind of like an uncle relationship with, they'll pass some of that on to them, you know, and that's the cool thing. Yeah. You posted something on Facebook about the pot, some saying, it was some famous thing. Yeah. I never heard, I never heard of that term. What can you, what is it? When you put it, well, my, 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 my wife is um, almost exclusively Italian. She's a little bit of other stuff, but she's mostly Italian. So, you know, this is big debate amongst Italians. I'm, my, my grandmother, my father, so my paternal grandmother was Italian. Do you call it gravy or sauce? You know, when you're making a pot of spaghetti, is it gravy, gravy or sauce? Gravy sauce, isn't it? Well, it's, you know, it, it's, people will tell you that it's gravy if it's got meat in it and sauce if it doesn't. Oh, really? We've always called it both. And I think that's why we live in New York, because we embrace everything. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. But, you know, it's if she we just call it putting up a pot. So she she says if the if both kids are going to be home, she's like, I'm going to put up a pot. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so like then there's a whole shopping thing that gets involved in it, you know, and, you know, I love it. And it's got to be an all day long event, you know, because every year for my birthday, that's what I want for my birthday. You know, she's like, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, you know what I want for my birthday? I want you to put up a pot with hot sausages. <laughs> I want drinks for dessert. And I want to drink 7-Up with it. That's what I want for my birthday. I love it. Did, did your, does your, what does your family think about your acting career when they see a voiceover spot that you did or they see you in a commercial? How do they react to it? Are they just used to it at this point? Or is it a big deal? Like they tell their friends, hey, oh, my dad is the the new so-and-so guy or what's their reaction? I'm just curious because I see you a lot and I get excited. No, it's, it's great because uh, we've all kind of quote unquote grown up in this business, so to speak. You know, when I was, when I left my last job and I said uh, to my wife, I was like, you know, I really want to give being an actor a shot. She said, okay, let's do it then. And 
so I began to do that. And as I was doing it, I would always bring the sides home. Okay. Because now I'm learning a whole new th process. Yeah. So I'm going through the sides. And my kids were like really young at this point. But like my daughter was initially able to read and then my son was able to read. And they would take the sides and do their own scenes. What do you mean? And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so what started to happen is we started to do some stuff as a family. So like we did stuff together, like we were on Conan O'Brien together as a family. You know, and I actually remember that day. That's how long ago it was in NBC because we went and we shot some stuff for a Christmas uh, special at Conan O'Brien. They used the whole family and we walked out of Rock Center after shooting and looked at our kids and said, we just got paid to spend <laughs> the day together as a family. Ooh, That's a pretty good job. That is a good job. So actually both my kids from that point forward both worked in the business. Uh, they worked in the business for quite some time. Uh, my daughter for a little bit, l a shorter period of time. Uh, and then my son for a little bit longer period of time. And as a result, uh, I think it made both of them very well-rounded people because they got to know, you know, the diversity that's New York and the diversity that are actors. Right. So, you know, and it's funny now, you know, now our daughter, she went to NYU, she went to Tisch. Um, oh, Tisch, yeah. And she and she's uh, you know she's a writer's assistant at a place I can't mention, but oh. she uh, you know she loves it and is looking for that next job up. And uh, our son was originally when he went to school, he was originally going to be a biology major. And I was like, and, and I think that was really because he had this teacher in school, you know, the kind of teacher that could have taught you anything, and you'd have been like, I want to be that because he was that great an educator. Mm. About halfway through, he's like, I think I want to change my music my major in music we we're like great because like that's really what you know so now he's been pursuing that and he's working at a wow. you know a studio as an assistant right now and wow. still and, and teaching music theory on the side to a kid you know oh, to wow. a, so, so it's like you know in the industry in a sense they're in the industry they, they they both are you know and they're both uh you know it's it's great fun because we get to share so much right i think it's a little bit of it can be a little bothersome for my wife sometimes. And here's when it happens. If we're all watching a film together and we're like critiquing and commenting on it, she'd be like, can we just watch the movie? <laughs> <laughs> right. And we're, oh. like, we're watching the director's cut and talking about the scoring yeah, or yeah. the acting and stuff, you know, mm -hmm. so she, it's better over time, but you know, she's just an absolute saint. She's been so supportive of everything and everywhere about it and we've actually my wife and i've actually worked together a couple of times since then you know i mentioned she's a nurse right and, you know, and and i'm a firefighter we actually uh shot a mcdonald's spot during quarantine together in oh, front of our mcdonald's oh that's awesome really yeah that was kind of fun wow so wait was that her first acting gig no I, here's the funniest story about my wife yeah uh, not an actor uh when we started to go out as a family and none of us had booked yet she was the first person to book over you i don't believe over, it. over me over my son over my daughter over everybody she booked a cvs spot a long time ago on camera uh that uh you know and we were like you know yeah yeah we were, we were totally all about that and we we're like 
you know, the one who doesn't want to be an actor. Book. Right, yeah. She got that for bragging rights, so I got to admit, she can always point to that and say, well, listen, I but was I, the first. The thing that makes her, you know, a great actor is the thing that makes her a great wife, a great mom, just, I think, a great person. She's just organically who she is. She's honest and loving and caring, and that just comes through on camera. So, you know. Yeah. No, I saw the picture. I think, it, I think it's what makes her a great nurse, that and the fact that she's a great student. But she could she could work on camera all day long because she's as real as real gets, but doesn't have interest in it. So. No, I can tell, though, because I remember seeing that picture of the two of you. I think you guys were in a car. And yeah, you, yeah. And you just voted or something. Right. And I saw the two of you, and I said, wow, she just looks like somebody I would love to meet. She, yeah. She she's sort a of lights of up the screen, sort of like you. Same thing. I, I can see why you guys... I've been together for 30 plus years. What's the secret though? If you don't mind my asking. Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I'll tell you, I think there's, I think there's two things. First of all, we were friends for a long time before we dated. So that was good. Yeah, uh, of course. That always helps. You know, it's not so good sometimes because she knows a lot of, you know, she's younger than me. So she knows my history better, uh, which <laughs> is not always good, but yeah. you know, but the good thing about it is we were really good friends for a long period of time. So we got to know each other. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, <clears throat> Once we actually finally started dating, I was pretty sure at that point I was going to ask her to marry me. Like that was how sure I was. But we dated for, because we had known each other so well. Right. When we got engaged, we, we were engaged for a year and a half. And we had this deal. We said, okay, for the next year and a half, we're going to try to talk just about every night about something different. And if we got to find an agreement about it. And if it's a deal breaker, then it's a deal breaker and no one goes away harmed, you know, but we should iron this stuff out before it becomes a thing. And I really think functionally, like it's, it's, it's one thing to feel love and to feel love for someone and have them love you. And, you know, that's really great. But just like there's in our business where, you know, we get to play with some real emotions, there's show and business. business, yeah, you know, and and marriage. There's love, and then there's life, you know, and mm. you got to have the same, you know, values. I'm not, I'm not saying that like you know like it's a buzzword. You have to feel the same thing, the same, not necessarily the same way. You don't have to agree all the time about stuff, but you got to be pointed in the same direction on stuff. Like what's mm-hmm. important to you? Is it, are the same things important to you? The point. You know? Especially on those major issues. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that's a good the, point. One, the one functional thing I tell everybody that's, that gets engaged is, I, you know, as, as families, we married each other because we wanted to be married. Then our families became married because we got married. But that wasn't their choice. That was our choice. Right. So I love her. Well, let me put it in the context of how we talked about it at the time. I said, I remember this. I said, I love your family, but they're like aliens to me, how they interact. I know you love my family, and I know they're like aliens to you for how you interact. Mm. So here's the deal. I will handle my aliens when the tough gets going. You handle your aliens when the tough gets going. And what we won't do is have a value judgment that the way your aliens operate or the way my aliens operate are better. Like, we'll just accept the fact, like, because there's stuff like even now, like, you know, as our parents get older, they get more set in their ways. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the intricacies of the stuff that's uncomfortable about 
one set of parents or the other set of parents doesn't get easier, but it's easier for us to handle it because we're like, we get it. Yeah. This person's like this, this person's like this, you know, plus, you know, we have kids. So we want our kids to understand that we're trying to be the best people we can be. But maybe as we get older, there'll be some things that we weren't able to necessarily chip the edges off that stone. Right. You know? So we want them to see that, you know, we accept people for who they are, flaws and all, because ultimately at the end of the day, nobody's perfect. You wow. got to accept somebody for who they are, flaws and all, you know, and as long as those flaws aren't really big flaws, you know, that you didn't discuss ahead of time, you know, I like if yeah. we had gotten married and one of us wanted kids and the other one didn't want to have kids ooh, ooh. and we discussed that later on, ooh, dude, ooh. that's a problem. Yeah, that could be a deal breaker. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think any relationship, you know, that you think is going to be longer term, you got to have those discussions. Yeah. And you got to be honest about that and say, listen, you know, we mesh, but there's people on our families that may not necessarily mesh, may, but we, the responsibility is on us. Right. To keep that. it together. Yeah. I and like I think, that. That, I think functionally that's made it like, you know, and the differences is that we've found in each other's families. We've been able to just say, yeah, okay. <laughs> I like it. Wow. That is awesome. Wow, Peter, you're you are a jewel. I will say that. Oh no, dude, I'm just old. I just I've lived there. <laughs> I'm just old. <laughs> wow. Th listen, I really appreciate this. You were a delight to talk to. I think you're an incredible talent. I think you're uh, less of that. Person. That's game recognizing game. I appreciate that. No, I'm serious though. You you're you're a great guy. I wish I still lived out there. Oh, uh, dude, I'm but, hoping, I'm hoping upon hope that something opens up for me down there or you up here. Oh, right. I, I don't even care what it pays. I just want to be on set with you. <laughs> yeah, okay. definitely. Dude, I, I want to talk about not caring more. about the pay because I do care about the pay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know. Business. Remember the business. The show is a business too, you know, because I remember you always telling me about that. You know, you got to keep that business part in mind. Yeah. But no, I remember I wanted to work with you before I moved out, but... Yep. It's fine. We'll, we'll, it'll happen. I just feel like... Dude, the energy will bring us together again and it'll oh, be a yeah. joyous thing. We Absolutely. will need a day offset just to get through all this stuff again. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But Peter, thank you so much for being here. How can people stay in touch with you? What's your social media handle? I know you're... Uh, you can find me on... Uh, of course, everybody's on Facebook. At least my age, everybody's on Facebook. <laughs> Uh, you know, you can find me there, but you can find me at uh, Fleehan underscore NYC. That's F-L-I-H-A-N underscore NYC at Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn. You know, those are the places I live. I I'm working on a new website, uh, PeterFleehan.com. But the one I have right now is not exactly what I want it to be. So mostly, you know, I I'm really good about Instagram. I'm really good about Facebook. And I'm really good about LinkedIn and Twitter. So, okay. you know. What was the name of that new website? It, no, the new it's going to be uh, PeterFleehan.com. Oh, what is it now? It is PeterFleehan.com, but I'm working on changing it because oh. right, now, right now it's kind of a little mishmash of older stuff. Oh, um, and in you know during during the pandemic, I really concentrated on building my new voiceover booth and trying to figure out how I was going to film in my house. You know, so a lot of that stuff just got pushed to the edge, but. Before the end of the year, I'm going to get that up and done. So, uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but I'm pretty current on Instagram. I'm pretty current on Facebook. Pretty current on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn. Yeah, your background looks great. What it, are you, is that a wall or no? This is just a pop up background. 
Oh, I'm look, dude, dude I'm, I'm down in my. Let me see. I'm down in my laundry room. Oh wow! You know, I thought it was like a wall. It looks real. It looks like a real. Yeah, this is, this is this is a black and white reversible one, and then I have one upstairs that's blue and green for screens. So that sometimes I'll film stuff if they want to drop me in. I'll just film it up against a green screen. Unbelievable! I'm thinking you got some fancy because the lighting looks great too. Wow! Oh no, dude, this is a this is a Ryobi uh, lithium hybrid. Here, let me see, let's see if I can show you. Let me see. Right. So, so this is this is like oh wow! Light. It's a plug-in work light, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, and then I have a, an overhead light that I got a little piece of gauze over so it diffuses a little bit. Unbelievable. So creative. Hey, hey dude, here's oh, what we do. We find a way to do. make craft work. That's what we, we do. do. We do. So wait, are we, can we expect a podcast show from you? Uh, I'm working on a couple of things. Uh, you know, I don't want to give them away just yet. You can, oh, okay. If you ever want to see what I'm doing, uh, check me out on iSpot.tv or my YouTube channel. Uh, if okay. anyone has published it, it'll find its way there. Oh, okay. I don't, I can't share stuff that hasn't been published because that's the nature of our world. No, but, I know. Uh, if I can share it, it's there. Okay. All right. All right, Peter. So thank you so much for being out on the front lines. Lester Green is no one else. I would have rather been there with look forward to when we can do it again. In absolutely, person. Absolutely. So stay safe out there, buddy. You too, my friend. Be well. All right. You too. Take care. Peter Fleehan, voiceovers. At Elysium, we asked ourselves, why not use groundbreaking scientific research to develop products for staying healthy? This is where U.S. currency's life cycle starts, at the Treasury's Bureau of Engraving and Printing. Don't let type 2 diabetes get between you and your heart, because your risk of heart attack or stroke is up to four times greater. Revolutionary brewing technology that extracts every coffee's unique flavor notes and finishes each cup with rich, smooth crema. Nature's Bounty Lutein Blue helps protect eyes from damaging blue light, filtering it out to help you continue enjoying your screens. Or you could just put your phones down and talk to each other. <laughs> so do your part as a good New Yorker and dispose of waste properly. Keep New York moving. Remember, it's our MTA. And there you have it. Thank you for watching Out on the Front Lines. Brought to you by the MJO Network on Roku TV. Thank you to all the supporters. Again, we're looking for sponsors. Stay safe. Stay productive. Stay creative. Out on the front lines. My name is Les. Signing out. And I am a bus driver. So I think driving a bus is just something that is very fulfilling. People are depending on me. When they get to their destination and they come up to me and they thank me for getting them to their job safely, it makes me feel good. I, I feel like I'm doing something positive in the community. Driving the bus around, you see so many different things and you hear so many different stories and it just really inspires me. I actually created a screenplay where I talk about my life experiences as a bus driver. So I think no matter what your job is, you need to find that sense of purpose. You need to find out why you're getting up every day to do what you do. And I do it because I love helping people at the end of the day.